0: Entertaining, cool. You are listening to LA Talk Radio. We say what we want. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch. Only on LA Talk Radio. Welcome, everyone. Glad to have you here with us today uh, after Christmas and looking forward to the new year. Uh, you're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions Live. I'm Brad Rumelard and my partner, Barry Deutsch. Uh, Barry is off uh, on vacation this week uh, running a girls' basketball, coaching a high school girls' basketball tournament up in Las Vegas, so he won't be with us. I will tell you a little bit about us, though. We are a retained executive search firm and Best Practices Hiring Company. Uh, Basically, what all that means is we work with companies to help them develop, improve their hiring practices so they can source, find, and hire not only the best talent but the right talent for their organizations. And on the other side of that same coin, we do an extensive amount of work with candidates or those job seekers looking to find the right job. Most job seekers are looking to find the right job, but often they just find any job and therefore they end up with a lot of turnover, and which creates more and more problems as uh, they try and get through uh, their career. So we work with both sides of that coin to help improve the hiring practices and improve the job search practices for companies and hiring managers. and uh, We talk about those issues every Monday here on L.A. Talk Radio at 11 o'clock to noon uh, Pacific Standard Time. And we focus on one side of the coin or the other. Today we're going to focus on the candidate side. Last week we focused on uh, non-monetary rewards and recognitions for hiring managers and how to retain people. So we try and rotate for you. To let you know, you can participate if you would like. Uh, there are two ways you can do that. You can give us a call at 818-602-4929. Uh, you have to remove call blocking. So if you have call blocking on your phone, you'll have to dial star 82 and then 818-602-4929. And you'll get on the air. We'll talk about your issues. We're going to talk about 2010, so maybe you 2009 wasn't that great. You want to rethink what you should be doing for 2010, so we can talk about that today. The other way you can get through, not as high probability you're going to get through because we probably get more emails than we can deal with during the show. But you can send us an email at, at info, I-N-F-O, at impacthiringsolutions.com info at impact hiring com and uh, we'll try and read your email on the air uh, generally we can't get to a lot of emails so if you really have something you want to uh, talk about you need to give us a call but I'll try today to read a, a couple of emails as we're talking about and see if I can uh, address your your topic so today's topic is really f- more about the candidate and you know taking a look back kind of doing a checkup if you will, on your hiring process in 2009. And let's look at jump-starting or turbocharging your job search for 2010. And one of the ways we can do that is by taking a look at what worked and what didn't work in 2009 and making those adjustments. I think candidates tend to just keep moving forward. I forget who said it. I think it was Winston Churchill who said it, but when he said something along the lines of, when you're walking through hell, keep walking. Uh, and I think candidates tend to do that. They're in this mode of, if I just keep moving, um, it'll all work out. And maybe, but if you're going around in a circle and keep walking, you know, it may not be the right way. We, we got to keep you on a straight line and, and a path that gets you out of transition without a lot of uh, side roads or side trips, if you will, along this path. And I think candidates need to take a closer look at this and on a at least monthly basis should reevaluate their job search. What's working, what's not working, and how do we transition and stay in that working path. Think about it as you're driving down a freeway. You got these four lanes there. They're all kind of going the right direction, but we tend to move in and out of these different lanes based upon where the traffic seems to be moving. And we need to do the same thing. If you're behind in one of those lanes behind a big semi that's not going anywhere and you're kind of stalled or moving slowly and there's another lane moving quicker, let's move into that lane and keep that going and keep moving. And that takes an assessment that takes an honest assessment, and it takes some serious reflection. Now we've put together a tool to help you do this, and I'm going to kind of walk through this tool today. It's available on our website. It's free. Uh, we don't, you know, there's free things on our website, and there's things you can purchase. But there's a lot of free resources on our website that would really help you expedite your job search, and we make these tools-free because we can do that. Uh, and the, the tool I'm going to walk you through today, if you go to our website, that's ImpactHiringSolutions.com, and you scroll down to the What's New section on the homepage, you'll see a, oh, I think it's what, about four links down. Uh, it says Job Search Plan Self-Assessment Scorecard. We're kind of going to walk through that today and use that as a tool to reflect upon 2009, but also Look forward to 2010 to what we can do to get out of search, to what we can do to make sure that our job search is as effective and as streamlined as possible. There is probably no other better way to do that than having a tool that's meant to guide you through this process. And so that's really what we're going to walk through today. Again, it's on our website. And if you want to download while we're talking, it only takes a minute to download and you can uh, literally walk right through it with us. Uh, and you're, and please feel free to do that and please join us as we go through this. Uh, so let's start with the, with the first one. That's just kind of looking at, our overall methodology. Do you really have a methodology in your job search first off? So let's talk about what a methodology is. By a methodology, I don't mean a random approach to finding a job. I mean a true map that you're going to follow day-to-day, hour-to-hour, and continue to make sure that as you follow this process, you step back and say I'm on the right road. And I, and we talked before about this. And I'm going to go through these five steps pretty quickly because we have other programs on this. But I do think there's some merit to evaluating the your job search. So let's walk through this uh, five steps real quickly. Step number one. Have you really done a good job of defining who you are? Have you really stepped back and evaluated what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, where you want to go, uh, how the, your job, how you're going to get there. Um, Have you stepped back and looked at what your brand is? What makes you different? Uh, have you taken a look at what works well and what hasn't worked well in your job search? Have you evaluated your skill set? Um, those kind of things really you have to do first because those are the questions that people are going to ask you. Then as you step back and say, okay, now I know you know, kind of what my strengths are, my weaknesses are, the great accomplishments are. Um Have you then evaluated what we like to think of what your market is? Have you evaluated where your target is? Have you taken a look at the network? Have you um identified the people, the places, the... Um, companies that can really help you get to that job search or get to that person that you want to get to. If you haven't, then you need to step back and really get a target. I mean, if you're not shooting at something, you're shooting at everything. And that's never good to be doing. So after you evaluated that, then do you have the right tools in place to get you there? Do you have a bio and a resume? Because they serve different purposes. Are they really marketing documents or are they all about you and what you're trying to accomplish? Um, do the, do you have a, what's called a networking business card? Or do you have just a standard business card? There's a big difference between those two. I would encourage you to be thinking about how do you leverage those two different aspects? How do you reference when you give a business card out and when you give out a networking business card? So that's kind of step three. Do you have the right marketing materials to really market you? Step number four in a good process is are you prepared with that proper sales presentation? Have you really gone through an effective interviewing process? Have you been trained on interviewing? Have you read on interviewing? Have you done a, a number of – uh test interviews. I can't think of the right word I'm looking for right now, but the test interviews. Have you done some mock interviewing to see where your strengths and weaknesses are? Have you videotaped yourself to see how your body language is in an interview? And then finally, how have you looked the fifth step? How have you looked at the process of follow-up? What is the follow-up after an interview, during the interviewing process and preparation for the add-on interviews? you know, Have you Prepared for how you will interview for an HR person, a salesperson, an operations person, IT person, a CEO. All those interviews may be a little different. And um, you have to be prepared to how you're going to deal with those issues. So those follow-up issues are equally as important. And if you're not doing those... Then where do you go from here? What's the next step to ensuring that you have a process? Now, that's our process and a process that you can step back on and look at and along those five steps anywhere, kind of step back and say, well, you know what? Now that I look back the last month, I really didn't do a lot of good networking. I really didn't meet the right people. I really didn't have a target. You could step back and look at your interviews and look back and say, you know I gee, I didn't realize that I don't have good eye contact in the interview or um, I noticed that the way my body language is. I don't like the way I use my hands. So we have these tools in place, which are a good process. So if something's going wrong in a process, you can always step back and evaluate where something's going wrong. I mean, that's what a process is. And so if you just – have a random process in place of attempting. We have a number of uh, blog articles we've written on our blog, our career blog, that, that kind of mention hope and luck are not a job search process. And I'm on Twitter a lot, and I see a lot of these emails, or rather these tweets go by, hope I did well in the interview, hope I get the interview, hope my resume gets reviewed. Hope is not a job strategy. It shouldn't be hope. If you do the right things, it should be... There's a high probability my interview went well. I'm sure my interview went well because I was prepared. We've got to get away from this hope process. Hope is not a job search methodology. And if it is hope, then let's step back and evaluate what went right and what went wrong. So today on this program... On, we're on LATalkRadio.com, 11 to noon every day. Impact Hiring Solutions Live every Monday. We're going to talk about eight steps you can step back and do an evaluation of. And they're basically going to include these five steps, but others. So if you've taken the time to go to our website, ImpactHiringSolutions.com, scroll to the bottom of the What's New section, downloaded our self-assessed self-assessment job search plan it's free it's there it'll help you do this and we're going to start walking through that right now because we're going to go through this tool that hopefully will help you evaluate what in 2010 went well I mean what 2009 worked and what didn't work and what'll work in 2010 so the first thing in our in our self-assessment is have you even put together a job description most of you sat back and said huh a job What are you talking about? Yeah. Have you put together a job description for the job you want? Have you identified what content you want in that job? What duties, tasks, and responsibilities you want in that job? Is it a management position or a non-management position? Is it supervising multiple departments or just one department? And then step back when you've written this job description. Have you looked at it and said, are you qualified for that? Or what skills do you need? What additional education do you need to get that job? If I ask 100 candidates, not one has put together a job description. So how do you know what you're looking for? How do you target something when you haven't even identified where the target is? This is why candidates go around in circles. They don't have a plan. They don't have a target. It's kind of like saying, well, let's go on vacation. Now, some people do this. Let's go on vacation. We're not going to go anywhere. We don't know where we're going. We're just going to get in the car and drive. And when we get there, we're there. That works well for a vacation, but it doesn't work well for a job search. You know, Because once you put this job description together of what the skills, the attributes, the duties, the tasks, the responsibility, the content of that job that you'd like, sometimes you step back and say, wow, I don't have all the skills for that. I don't have all the background for that. And it helps you identify where you want to go. It also can step back and say, okay, if this is what I'm looking for, then here are the people that will help me get there. So the first step in the process is do you have – have you completed a job description, a detailed, written, complicated job description with the what defines the wants, the don't wants, and really defines in great detail a page of what that job, ideal job, looks like. Once you've done that, the second process on our – 8-point success matrix self-assessment job search plan. This tool, we use this resource that's available to you, again, for free on our website. Is Have you then put together a personal branding strategy that separates you, that identifies why you are the uniquely qualified person for that job? So that when you talk to a person and they ask you what you're looking for, And they ask you something about your background, your brand or what makes you uniquely qualified for that job stands out and is most importantly is memorable. So that when whoever you're talking to walks away and a week later someone says, you know, I'm looking for this kind of person or a recruiter calls them and say, hey, do you know anybody with this background? They will instantly think of you because you left them with a personal brand that ties into that job description that you want. Have you really done that? And if you have, how is it working for you? If it's not working for you, maybe it's time to step back and reevaluate that. Now, I'm going to take an email here because it ties in with what we're looking for. Mary from Seattle sent an email saying, Brad, I have this brand, but it seems that everything is the same as everybody else. How do I make myself unique when my job is more generic and the things I've done on my job are pretty standard things? Most people in my position have done the same thing I've done, so how do I make myself unique? It's a good question because a lot of jobs are pretty generic. We all do the same thing in this job. I would tell Mary in Seattle that it's not about the job that makes it unique. It's about you that makes it unique. Why do you love this job? Why do you enjoy getting up every morning and doing this job? What passion do you bring to this job? Have you accepted or had some additional training to this job? What unique skill sets would a company want about you in this job? And that may go to your passion. What makes you want to get up every day and enjoy this job or is it just are you just going to work because it's a job? I see that on Twitter all the time watching twitter and you type in unemployed or you, as a as a screening tool or a filter that you want to talk about people unemployed people all the time right and boy they're just look at they're not they're just looking for a job they don't really want to work and you can tell that from the tweets going across how people really don't want to work yeah i'm out looking for i need another job would really rather be home love being unemployed they just want a job but mary if you really want and enjoy what you do turn that into your brand Let's say you're in customer service and customer service are inside sales, which is all about answering the phone. Maybe you have this great passion. You actually love helping people. You actually enjoy solving problems. You actually do enjoy the inside sales and and trying to make – and you see the sales process, the inside sales process as really helping people not trying to sell a product but trying to sell service. Because you know, if they get off the phone, they're gonna to have to call back and they really could have solved their problem. Yes, it may have cost a little bit more, but their problem is solved. Most people don't mind paying a few extra bucks if their problems get solved. So pr- tr- turn that into your brand. Make that part of who you are. Make it about you and your unique passions and your unique skills, what makes you unique, and bring that into your job description. I hope that helps, Mary, because I think too often we think about a brand and we think about, I'm just, my job's the same. But you're not the same. And you can do a lot to help make that, make you unique. So once you have this job description, and you have your brand put together of who you are and where you're going. Um, let's talk about where you're going. There are two types of networking. There is offline networking, which is what I think often many people think about when they we talk about networking. Uh, we talk about this networking of going around meeting people I like to use the term are you networking with a purpose are you networking with an absolute goal in mind or again are you just running around I meet people all the time and they're just going from networking meeting to networking meeting to networking meeting to networking meeting and they think that's networking they think it's about volume meeting a lot of people and it's not Good networking is what I call networking with a purpose. Let's define that. Why are you going to that particular networking group? What value – this is when we talked about earlier in the program. What value have you gotten out of that networking group over the last three to six months? Step back, take an evaluation. What, what true good – referrals have you gotten? I don't mean referrals by, oh, you should meet this person, you have another key, cup of coffee, meet this person, have another cup of coffee, meet this person, have another cup of coffee. I mean what referrals have you gotten that have led you to a job interview, who have led you to another person that will help you get a job, have made an introduction to someone on your list of people you want to meet? If you haven't, maybe you need to scratch that job Networking group off your list and find another networking group. Maybe you need to stop and think about going deep into a networking group rather than staying shallow. My experience has been most people network very shallow. They go to them, they hammer an egg it. they go to the meeting, they shake hands and meet a lot of people and move on. Maybe you should go deep in the organization. Serve on a committee. Become a greeter. Uh, be part of the board where you really get to meet people at a deep level and they become your champions for you because they know you. Networking is not quantity. 1,200 business cards is nothing more than 1,200 business cards. Any more than you know all 1,200 of those people can refer 1,200 of those people. They can't refer you. Maybe it's time to do some offline networking. We recommend getting to three or four or five good networking groups where you're getting value out of them and then go deep. Be active participants in them. Be a part of that group where people know you, and they and you're getting value from it. If you're not getting value from your networking, stop it. Don't just meet people because somebody refers them to you. Boy, I get that with junior recruiters all the time. When I used to train recruiters, I'd look at their call sheets and say, why'd you call this person? Why'd you call this person? Why'd you call this person? Well. You know, this person suggested I call them. This person suggested I call this person suggested I call them, and I would say, "Well, great. How many good candidates for the job did you get from them? None. So why did you call them?" And I'd have to train them to pre-screen why you should call them. They start asking the person when we would call someone. They say, "Well, I don't know anybody. You know what? Or you know what? You should talk to so and so." We started screening. Why should we talk to so and so? What's their background? Who do you think they'll know? Are they in the industry? We did some pre-qualifying before we called them. You can do the same thing. Don't just meet people because you got nothing better to do. Whoever refers that person, pre-qualify them. Why will they be a great person to meet? And how will they lead you to getting that job that you filled out that job description? What contacts do they have? What connections do they have? Who, what kind of people do they come in contact with? What associations do they belong to? If they're not people that can continue to lead you down that path, don't change lanes as we used before. Don't move over a lane unless they can move you forward more rapidly. Thank the person appropriately, but you don't have to call them right away. So if, use effective offline networking effectively to really leverage yourself. Let's talk about online networking. How many con- If you're a professional, how many contacts do you have on LinkedIn that are truly good contacts? That you can leverage those contacts and how are you leveraging social media? Now again, go back to Twitter. I see a lot of great tweets on Twitter about people putting out their background a little bit. What a great thing to do. With a thing called Hootsuite, you can schedule these once a day to put out an email or a tweet that says – I'm a uh, senior buyer looking for a position in Philadelphia in the uh, custom-engineered parts aerospace. I'm a IT person, web designer looking for a position in Philadelphia. Thousands of people will see that. What about your LinkedIn profile? We have, again, for free to download. Go to ImpactHiringSolutions.com. Scroll to the bottom to the What's New section. And you'll see a a matrix there. It's, uh, I don't know, five or six down. and It says eight-point success matrix assessment for an effective LinkedIn profile. This is one of my biggest frustrations and one of the things when I'm on Twitter, I tweet about all the time. And if you want my tweet, my Twitter login, it's impacthiring__br. And you can tweet with me. Is that... The profile I go to are ineffective. Recruiters, hiring managers, and HR are now going to LinkedIn as a first pass when they look for people. I go in, and I'll give you a true life example. I'm doing a search right now for a VP of sales. I have gone and looked at hundreds, literally hundreds of profiles on LinkedIn. And at the bottom, where they kind of say what you're willing to be contacted, if you scroll to the bottom, it'll say, you know, what are you willing to be contacted about? And some will say job opportunities, career opportunities, uh, job openings. And their profile is so bad that nobody will contact them. A recruiter won't contact them. A HR person won't contact them. So do you have an effective profile on LinkedIn? Do you have a good profile on Twitter? So when people tweet If you start tweeting, I'm a senior buyer in Philadelphia in the uh, electronic components area, and I click on your profile, will I see a good profile there? Will it be so compelling that as a recruiter doing a search in Philadelphia looking for a senior buyer and electronic components, I'm going to call you? I am dumbfounded, and I tweet this all the time. Get a good profile. Here's another tip. Can I find your resume on Google? If I go into Google and search for senior buyers, Philadelphia, electronic components, is your resume going to pop up? Most of the time, the answer is no, because candidates don't know how to get their resume on Google. If you go to our career blog, we have a whole article on how to get your resume on Google. It starts with having a URL, which is your LinkedIn URL profile. So you can hey, you have a URL, so when you go on Google, it searches, it finds it, it posts it on LinkedIn. I mean, it posts it on Google, and then I can find you. Most Canons don't do that. These are simple things you can do at 10 o'clock at night. They don't take away from, from networking, but they're simple things you can do to raise your visibility on. The social networks. What's your profile like on fa- on Facebook? Are you on groups on Facebook? Are you part of fan pages? We have a fan page called Impact Hiring Solutions on uh, Facebook. Are you part of those fan pages so people can find you? These are great, simple ways. How often do you upgrade that? Do you up, uh, you know, change your profile. Here's another tip. If you've got your resume listed on Monster, Career Builders, Ladders, whatever it may be, how often do you go in and update it? When we do searches, you usually do a search by, show me the the most recent last 30 days of resumes posted. I don't want that somebody posted their resume a year ago. So how often do you update that so people can find you and it looks current? These are simple things online you can do to make sure you're staying ahead of the curve and it's all part of the social online important part of networking. These are really important things to be doing that are available and these tools are also available. There is a wealth of information about online networking for free on the internet. How many candidates take the time to download this stuff. there are a tremendous amount of resources about on free, about getting a proper LinkedIn profile, how to leverage Facebook in your job search, how to leverage Twitter in your job search. These tools are free. You can sit at night watching TV with a laptop, on your desk, on your lap, kind of read some things to make you ahead of the curve so you get found on social media. And this is where recruiters and HR and hiring manager are going today. To find this is the new medium. I personally, this is Brad Remillard' personal belief that the resume databases will go out in the next five years will become obsolete because there's so many other resources, ways to find people. That why, as a recruiter, will I pay Monster or Ladders ten or fifteen thousand dollars a year when I can find you for free on Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, and other social media sites, Google, Yahoo, groups. Why would I pay them ten or fifteen thousand dollars? It's ridiculous. I won't. So those will become obsolete or become free. And these tools are available. I've given you two for free on our website. Our job search assessment and our LinkedIn profile assessment are are also there. I forgot to mention also on our website for free, and all this is at the bottom of our homepage, impact hiring solutions.com. The bottom of the homepage, the what's new section, there's also a free skills assessment there. So when you're putting that job description together that I talked about in part one, there's a whole skills assessment. What are those transferable skills and what skills might you need to improve? And it's free. Download it, take the assessment, see what skills you have or might need, and go forward. Great tool. And they're 100% free. Not trying to sell you anything. Just download them. So after you've started networking, I wanted to suggest to you, do you have an effective resume? If I was to read your resume, if I was to look at your resume, Is your resume, when I look at that resume and see, is that resume about you or is it about the company? Is it about you or is it about the company? Most resumes are all about you. I'm sorry, the resume is about the company. The resume is about what the company's needs are. The resume is not about you. And you need to write your resume as a marketing document. Think about marketing. When companies do advertising and promotion, they have all these different um, uh, focus groups to find out what the company's looking, what the customer wants, and then they target that to meet those companies' needs. Your resume has to do the same identical thing. It can't continually be about you. What does that company need? What skills? What experiences? What accomplishments? Is it what we call a success-based resume? Does it talk about your successes to where there's a wow factor? That when that hiring manager reads that, they are going to get a wow factor from your resume. Wow, I have to call this person. When I'm a recruiter and I read your resume, am I going to get a wow factor from reading your resume? Because if I'm not, then you're just one of the vanilla many resumes that we receive from time and time again. And you go in the – and I'll take a look at it later. Does your resume stand out? Is it compelling? We have what we call the 15 or 20 second resume quiz. And it goes like this Take your resume, take it to a networking group, give it to a relative stranger, somebody who doesn't know you all that well, but you know, they don't know you that well. Put the resume on the table face down. Give them 20 seconds to look at your resume. At the end of 20 seconds, have them put the resume back on the table face down. Then ask them, what did you see about me on my resume in that 15 or 20 seconds? What did you learn about me on that resume in that 10 or 15, 20-second review? If they haven't given you a resume answer that you're looking for and what you want them to see when they go to your resume, then you need to change your resume. Do the points that you're looking to have stand on that resume? Those compelling ID points that make you unique. Do they stand on your resume? Cause if they don't, then you got to redo your resume. You got to rethink your resume. Because if it's not standing out now, it won't stand out later when a company or a recruiter reads it. So try that test and see how it works out. Try that opportunity on someone and see if your resume is compelling. The next step is the phone interview because usually nowadays there may be some kind of phone interview ahead of time. How prepared are you for the phone interview? One of my favorite questions to ask people is do you know the three things that are measured on a phone interview? Can you describe the three things that, are on, that can be measured on a phone interview? 99.9% of the people cannot tell me the three things that are measured on a phone interview. This amazes me. How can you take any test? And a phone interview is a test. You don't pass the test, you don't get to the face-to-face. How can you have a phone interview when you don't even know what they're measuring on the other end of the line? How do you do an effective interview if you don't know what the person is measuring? I'm blown away by this. So let's just fly by the seat of the pants. Pick up the phone, start talking, talk as long as I can, and then go on. How many of you do a... Phone interview on a cell phone. Never, never, never do a phone interview on a cell phone. Sooner or later, something's going to go wrong. The battery dies. Reception is bad. I know you always get great reception. I hear this all the time. Well, I always get great reception. And I would say 20% of the time I hear that after the phone interview, Brad, this was the one time I don't know what went wrong. I don't know if the cell was down, I don't know they were fixing it, I don't know if the winds were up, but all of a sudden, you know, we got cut off. You get one shot. Do a phone interview on a landline. The last thing you want to be asked in a phone interview question is, can you hear me now? Never do a phone interview. Again, free tool. Go to our website, impacthiringsolutions.com. Go to the top, which is scan candidates, scroll down to free resources. The very first one are phone interviewing tips. It'll tell you the three things that can be measured on a phone interview and what you can do to prepare for those three things. And I'm not going to tell you. I don't have time. But if you don't know it, then you, you need to figure out if you need to go get them. These three things are so important that you can't fly by the suite of your pants. A phone interview is just a test. It's a quiz. It's a screening interview to see if you're going to come in face-to-face. So step back. Evaluate. In the last 30 days, how many phone interviews have you had? Or in your job search, how many phone interviews have you had? And how many times from those phone interviews have you been asked in for a face-to-face? If it isn't 75 to 80%, you need to get this download and start figuring what you're doing wrong on a phone interview. It's pretty simple. Because you have to think about a phone interview. Why should it be 75%, 80%? They've seen your resume. They're picking up the phone to call you for a specific reason. There must be an interest. And something went wrong on the phone interview. Now, again, maybe one out of four times was a long shot. But if if 75% of the times you're not getting through, it isn't that. You're blowing the phone interview. So you need to step back, figure out. That's why a process is so important. If you're sending out resumes, you're not getting replies, The resume is probably the wrong resume. Fix it. You're getting phone interviews but not getting through? Fix it. You're going to a lot of networking meetings but not getting the right referrals? Fix it. This is why a process is so important because it allows you to identify specifically what's going wrong. Here's my next one. And I'm going to take this because I just got – I've had multiple emails on this one. It's the face-to-face interview, and I've got multiple emails right now that say basically to the effect, I've gotten a lot of interviews, but I'm not getting the job. Great. So what does that tell you? And I've got probably five interviews. So John from Philadelphia, I've got Jerry from New York, and I've got Sarah from Dallas, and I've got uh, – I can't read the name. Sanjeev, I hope it's the right name here. I apologize from Chicago if I didn't pronounce it correctly. Basically, that's the essence of all your emails. Getting interviews, not getting results. That's great. What does that tell you? Your resume is working. Your networking is working. You're in demand. People want to talk to you. So the phone interview is working. The face-to-face is going wrong. I would suggest to you it's going back, and there's a lot of things that go wrong in a face-to-face. But if you're getting a lot of them and face-to-face interviews are coming in second, you need to step back and say, what am I doing wrong? And I would suggest to all of you, that wrote this email. Number 1, do a mock interview. Videotape yourself. Number 2, are you asking good questions in that interview? Or are you asking the same kind of questions that everybody else asks? Vanilla, boring questions. Number 3, often if you've been out of work for a long time, candidates are afraid to engage the person because they're so afraid if they do it something They're going to lose the interview. They don't come across aggressive. They don't come across assertive. They come across um, almost like a yes person. Everything they say, yes, yes, yes. So rather than be themselves, they don't interview properly. So you need to step back and look how you're interviewing. You're getting up to bat and getting interviews. My guess is your interview preparation is wrong. My guess is you're not answering the questions properly. You're not tying your background into the um, interviewer's question. You probably don't know the three types of questions asked in an interview, so you don't know how to answer the interview. There are only three types of questions in an interview, throwaway questions, informational questions, and pain questions. And you may be an- interchanging those. You probably don't have written out answers to the questions that you know are going to be asked. If you've had three or four or five interviews, then you know the questions that are generally asked. Have you written out answers to them? So you know succinctly and with clarity how you want to answer those questions. Good preparation is part of knowing how to answer the questions. And what you want to say, what the accomplishment is. And all the things around the accomplishment. So you're well prepared when they ask you, well, who was involved in the project? Why did you pick that person? What was the budget for that? I'm sorry, what was the increase from A to B? How did you go from A to B without this problem? Have you thought about all those questions when you prepare so you can answer that in, in depth without saying, well, let me think about it? Or, you know, that I get this one all the time. Well, gee, I don't know. That was a couple of years ago. I'm not sure I remember. The, I don't know if I remember that. You don't remember an accomplishment on your resume with a bullet point that you have said this is one of my biggest accomplishments and you don't remember the answers? I'm going to suggest to all those five or six people I just mentioned, you may need to step back and really do an effective job of preparing. I would suggest – here comes a sales pitch. I hate to tell you this, but here comes a sales pitch. We have a book out called This Is Not The Position I Accepted. You can get an ebook on our website or you can download it on our website. And right now, we'll send it to you basically free, just pay the shipping. But we have a chapter in there called 10, The 10 Most Important Questions to Ask in Every Interview. Do you ask those 10 questions? Those 10 questions will set you aside. We have 135 other questions around leadership, around management, specific questions to a job. Uh, How do you ask questions for HR people, salespeople? What different kind of questions to ask? Do you ask questions in an interview that are going to separate you from everybody else? Because if you don't, you're just like everybody else. Sometimes people will learn more from the questions you ask in an interview than the answers you give. Are you afraid to ask questions in an interview? Because you're afraid you might be challenging the person? So you don't come across confident. You don't come across with uh, this – Assertiveness, not aggressiveness, but assertiveness. You don't come across affable or friendly. These are some of the reasons that a face to face interview fails when in fact there's more to get done and you have to get these things done. So the final step in the process, I've only got four minutes left here. So the final step in the process, how do you prepare? How do you do follow up? What are the follow up to the interview afterwards. How will you follow up? Did you ask about follow-up in the interview? Did you ask how to get back in touch? Did you ask what the next process is? Are you following with a written letter or an email letter? Do you know the real purpose of a thank you note? By the way, the real purpose of a thank you letter is not to say thank you. We have an article on our blog that talks extensively about that. It's free. So these are the steps to really think about as you look forward to 2010. To take an inventory of your skills and download our our skills assessment from our website. Again, it's free. Take a look at 2009. What did you do good? What did you do well? What worked? What didn't work? Look at this process. Download this self-assessment job search plan. I just walked through all of them. And there's a matrix you go through and you rank yourself on this. So you don't, you know, just because I went through them doesn't mean you know them all. Rank yourself on these. Identify as you rank yourself from a scale of zero to three on these. Identify where the strengths are, where the weaknesses are. And once you've done that, then step back. And look at 2010 and how can you effectively manage 2010 better. I would suggest every 30 days, going through your job search, taking this job search assessment scorecard or plan, every 30 days assess your plan. What's working? What's not working? Identify where those weak points are. It can go right back. If you're not getting leads, it's not working. If you're not getting your re- if you're getting the leads, but your resume isn't getting responded to, it's about it's about uh, your resume. If you're not getting past phoneers, it's phone reviews. When you have a process, it's very easy to target this. I hope this has been helpful. I really encourage you to get those free resources, whether from our website at ImpactHiringSolutions.com or some other website or some other resource. Doesn't matter. There are an abundant amount of free resources out there for you to take advantage of. You've been listening to Impact Hiring Solutions Live. I'm Brad Remillard. You're listening on latalkradio.com every Monday from 11 to noon. My partner, Barry Deutsch, and I, Brad Remillard, are here to help you with your job search. And our website has a lot of information to help you in 2010 expedite your job search. Go to impacthiringsolutions.com, scroll to the bottom, to the What's New section, and take advantage of what we have to offer so 2010 becomes a great career move for you. Have a great week. We'll chat with you next Monday at 11 o'clock right here on latalkradio.com. You're listening to Impact Hiring Solutions with Brad Remillard and Barry Deutsch. Only on L.A. Talk Radio.